while there are real, living, breathing human beings sitting in front of me as I, as I say, open your Bibles to. Uh, this is amazing. Would you open your Bibles to Psalm 84? Psalm 84. And I'm going to need to get used to turning in this direction from time to time and turning in this direction uh, to make sure I see everybody who's here. Psalm 84, beginning in verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord, My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Amen. Let's pray. O God in heaven, this sacred hymn in your word declares that you are the Lord, the Lord God of hosts. It reminds us that you were the God of Jacob since long, long ago, and that you are the living God still today, the God who is actually alive. It reminds us that you are not merely an idea or a superstition or a myth, you are the King. You are our sun and our shield in life. Oh, Father, what joy we feel to be gathered here in the praise of your many-faceted, many-splendored name. We know you hear us. We know you see us. For you are majestic. You are all-hearing and all-seeing. Lord God of hosts, living and true God who inhabits eternity, now come and inhabit your people and speak to us, I pray. In Jesus' name, and the people of God say, 
Amen. Amen. Well, and so we are here on a date long anticipated, a date that turns out to be fairly significant by way of anniversary and remembrance. Uh, I think I mentioned on one of the recent videos that 39 years ago today, this very day, this very date, uh, was my first year, uh, first day, first Sunday as a pastor. Uh, And then one year ago today was our last indoor worship service together. And then today, as of 37 minutes ago, was our first day of worship here in this new home and headquarters. Makes for a fairly significant day. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you all who are watching at home, uh, unable to be with us here this morning. Thanks for joining us. We, we provide live stream not because we think we're anything special and the world needs to see us, uh, but because we love our flock and we love our sheep. And it's one way for us to help serve those who cannot be with us. May God's blessing and God's grace rest upon everyone, either here or not here, who knows and loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 84, as we reflect on this, I think it's pretty obvious why I picked this text. This psalm is about loving the dwelling place or the house of God. When the psalmist opens it up with the, way, the words, how lovely is your dwelling place, that word lovely actually would be better translated, how loved or how beloved is your dwelling place. The psalmist sings forth his love for the house of God. And I think that fits pretty well our day today, but please don't misunderstand what I mean by that. Please do not think that by going to this text on this day, that I do it on the day that we arrive in our new building, that somehow I'm equating the house of God to the building. It's not the building that we have been anticipating. It is the people in the building that we have been anticipating. Because we are the house of God. There was a day back in the Old Testament Uh, when the house of God was located in a specific spot. It was the tabernacle or it was the temple. But like with many things in the Old Testament, those things were symbolic, pointing ahead to the coming of Christ. And in the coming of Christ, there was a doing away with dietary laws. In the coming of Christ, there was the doing away of many of the civil laws and many of the ceremonial and sacrificial laws. And there was a doing away with the, the idea of a temple or a single location being where God dwells. No, in the coming of Christ and in the coming of the Spirit of God, the house of God is wherever God's people meet. It is not this building. It is these people. 
All those who have been set apart by the grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ have become the house of God. You are the house of God individually. Each of us is a a temple of the Holy Spirit. But then collectively and congregationally, when we assemble together, we become a kind of congregational house of God. And that's what we've been anticipating, is it not, in recent weeks and months since we last gathered together. It's as if the house of God was disassembled in a certain way for a few months and now is reassembled. The stones of the house have now been placed together again. And here we are, and God is among us. 2 Corinthians 6.16 We are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. We are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell among them and walk among them. Beloved, God is among us here today. God is walking among us. God is dwelling among us. God God is overhearing our conversations, entering into our joy, listening to our praise, appreciating our prayers, and hearing our prayers. God is here. Not here, but here. Not in the building above and around the pews, but in the people that are in the pews. As we are gathered together, we are the house of God. And David, or the psalmist, says, how loved is the house of God. Oh, how loved is the house of God. How beloved are those who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ and are His temple. As a church, we are in the words of 1 Timothy 3, we are a household of God. As a a local church, as Risen Hope Church, we are one of the houses where God lives where God dwells. And as I look at this psalm, I see in this psalm that God wants His house. God wants us, says Risen Hope Church. He wants His house. He wants us to develop seven qualities. Seven qualities. Seven characteristics that will make us as His house even more beloved and even more fruitful. Can I share these with you quickly this morning? Number one, God wants His house to be a house of singing. God wants His house to be a house of singing. Psalm 84 and verse 2, My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sings for joy to the living God. Down to verse 4, Blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. 
God wants His house to be a house of singing. And Christians throughout the centuries, when they have gathered together, have always been a singing people. We are a people with a song in our hearts. It's a song given to us by our God. It is a song of joy. Verse 2, my heart and flesh sing for joy. Joy in who God is. Joy in what God has done for us. Joy in Jesus Christ, the One who is, is all-glorious. The One who has, has obtained our salvation for us. The One who has made us new by the power of His Spirit. Joy in Christ. Joy in God the Father. Joy in God the Son. Joy in God the Holy Spirit. Sing for joy. And then he says, I want to sing for praise. I want to praise this one. I want my lips and my tongue and my mouth and my words and my melody to praise His name. And folks, solos are nice, but there's nothing like a choir. It's all well and good when you're home alone to to sing a solo to the Lord. And it's good and it's wonderful. But there's nothing that beats the choir when the people of God are gathered together with one voice, lifting praises to His name. Oh, the house of God is beloved because it is a house of singing. And oh, may it be that God will stir in our hearts New songs and deeper songs and even sweeter songs of joy and of praise in many years to come. The house of God is a house of singing. Number two, God wants His house to be a house of safety. A house of safety. Look at verse 3. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. There's beautiful imagery here. Saying that the temple became a place of safety, of rest for sparrows and swallows you ever walked through the mall, a mall, and all of a sudden you see birds flying around. They found rest. They found security. They found safety in the mall. And God says to us that His house is to be a house of safety. It is a house of safety, first of all, by way of salvation. That those of us who were born, which is all of us, born under the wrath of God. Those of us who were born sinners, born doomed, uh, doomed to, to be consigned to hell apart from the saving, rescuing salvation of God. The, all of us who were lost, all of us who had no clue what it was all about, we needed a place of safety, didn't we? We needed salvation. We needed rescue. Jesus is that ultimate place of safety. He is that one who came, saw us in our danger, in our peril, in the wrath 
that we deserved. And he said, I'm going to come to the rescue. I'm going to come to the rescue. And he came to the rescue in the cross. And he came to the rescue in the empty tomb. And he keeps on coming to the rescue by his Spirit and through his church even to this very day. The household of God is to be a place, a house of safety. May it be that. As we, as we mark this day, our first day in this building, let, let's consciously commit to this. That we will be a congregation. That we will be a house of God committed to providing salvation and safety for others. That we will keep on proclaiming the salvation that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we will as best we can, as imperfect as we are, that we will provide a place of safety where the hurting and the helpless and the clueless and the guilty and the guilt-stricken and the fearful may come and find rest in Christ. God wants His house to be a house of singing. He wants His house to be a house of safety. Third, He wants His house to be a house of sacrifice. Look at verse 3. Even the sparrow finds a home and to swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King, and my God. The altars of the old temple were the place of sacrifice. The, the house of God is always to be a, a house of sacrifice. Meaning by that what? Well, back in the Old Testament, whenever God's people gathered together in the house of God, they needed to bring a sacrifice with them. They needed to bring an offering to atone for their sins. They wouldn't dare approach God without a sacrifice. And it's no less true for us today, brothers and sisters. We still need a sacrifice every time we approach God. Not a sacrifice of our own making. Not a sacrifice of our own doing. Not a sacrifice of our own purchasing. No, we need a better sacrifice. We need the ultimate sacrifice. The sacrifice of the blood and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And every time we come together, let's be conscious of this. That we are coming through the blood of Jesus. And we don't, we don't have to bring, we don't have to have an altar here. And we don't have to bring a lamb or a bull or a goat or whatever. We don't have to do that. The sacrifice has already been offered once and for all times. And all we need to do is bring that with us consciously and gratefully and humbly as we walk through the doors, as we greet one another in the, as the household of God. Let us do so conscious of the fact that we are here and we are welcoming to God's presence and we can approach God's throne because we have a sacrifice. How precious is that sacrifice. Amen. God wants His house to be a house of sacrifice. He doesn't want us to ever, ever forget. To ever, ever forget. 
the one who paid it all. The one who is our access to God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Number four, God wants his house to be a house of strength. A house of strength. Psalm 84 and verse 5, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. There's a lot of imagery here, and we don't have the time to go into all of it, but the simple concept in these verses is this. As the ancient people walked to, traveled to the house of God, they actually went from strength to strength. It was the anticipation of being in the house of God, as gathering as the house of God. The anticipation of it, the journey to it, actually gave them strength. And they went through the valley of Baca, which is referencing a valley uh, in that area that was extra, extra dry and barren. And even as they went through barren times and barren places, there were pools of refreshment and there was pools of, of replenishment so that going to the house of God all by itself, going to be with God's people, to be the house of God, just going to be together is strengthening for us. God wants His house to be a house of strength. And by the way, that implies, at least in part, that we who are members in the house of God, we who are stones, living stones, as Peter puts it, we ought to be channels of God's strength one to another. We ought to be those who are strengthening. Let's be replenishers, not depleters. Let's be replenishers conduits and channels of strength in His house. God wants His house, fifth, to be a house of supplication. Of supplication or prayer. Verse 8, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. The house of God is a house of prayer. But I'd encourage you, even as each Sunday you are driving to this place from wherever you live, make that a time of prayer. Make the journey part of the worship. Make the journey part of the prayer. Pray your way here along with your family, along with your children. Pray your way here. The Lord is going to hear the prayers of His people as we turn His house into a house of prayer, whether it's the war room downstairs before and after Sunday worship, or whether it's arriving a bit early and finding a pew just to sit and pray, or joining our Wednesday 
prayer times, or on Sundays as you are interacting with each other and you meet somebody who's discouraged, who's struggling, who just can't seem to find his or her way, make it a moment of prayer. Pause right there, right then, and pray with that person. God wants his house to be a house of prayer. And sixth, God wants his house to be a house of service. Of service. Psalm 84 and verse 10, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Doorkeepers way back in the day were there to do a variety of simple, humble tasks. And the psalmist is saying here that serving the Lord in His house is better than sinning anywhere else. He loved to serve the house of God. Oh, that we all might grow in and deepen in and strengthen our love to serve the household of God. Beloved, we need more doorkeepers. We need men and women and children who are ready to serve, ready to engage, ready to get involved. Just so you realize, I'm not the only one that works with alliteration, which is what I'm doing here today. Uh, Alex and Rick and I were in one of our meetings recently, and, and Rick came up with this just off the top of his head as we were talking about the need for service within the church and doorkeepers, people to get, get engaged and get involved. Rick came up with this. We need people who have a burden, who have bandwidth, and who have boldness. Burden. What are those areas in your heart and life where you are just burdened to serve? You just want to serve. You see a need and it, it grips your heart. And you just you want to engage. You want to help. You want to bless. Where's your burden? Then what's your bandwidth? How much time and energy and resources do you have? What kind of capacity do you have to actually carry out that burden? For others. What's your burden? What's your bandwidth? And what's your boldness? How courageously, how aggressively, how assertively, how determined, I'm not sure that word's going to come out right, with how much determination will you commit to serving? What's your burden? Dear ones, God gives all of us burdens. Identify it. What's your bandwidth? Figure out whether you have the capacity and the resources to carry out the burden. And what's your boldness? How boldly, how aggressively will you carry that out? Please let us know how God is stirring in you. Uh, because we need more doorkeepers in the Lord's house. We need people committed to serve. The Lord wants his house to be a house of 
service. And finally, as I close, God wants his house to be a house of supply. A house of supply. Look at verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. The house of God is a house of supply. For when we meet with God, and God walks among us and dwells with us, He bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does He withhold. You see, it's not just that God supplies us some good things. He gives us all the good things that we need. Now, He may define good differently than you and me, right? I mean, I'd love to not have a backache. And I could think that that's good for me not to have a backache. But God knows what's good better than me. And there is no good thing that He withholds from me. So if I've got a backache, it's because He's got some good for me in and through the backache. You understand that, right? Don't define goodness and favor as humans normally define that. Understand that we have an all-wise and all-good and all-sovereign God and He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the wealth in every mine. Everything belongs to Him. It all belongs to Him. And He bestows favor and honor within His house and gives us everything we need and withholds nothing good from us. At the end of the day, what do we need more than anything? We need more of God, don't we? I mean, really. Really. At the end of the day, what we need is to know God better. What we need is to know His love and His goodness and His glory and His power and His beauty. We need to know that He is dazzling and awesome. You children who are here, it's so good to see you here. So good to see you. I, I kind of see you here. I mean, now there's a mask right there. I can barely see who's there, but I, I see you, man. I see you, man. One of the things we as, as your parents and pastors and adults, one of the things we long to do to, for you children and for you teenagers is to show you that God is glorious. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. We want you to learn His glorious, His amazing deeds, the things that He does. And we want you to learn how amazing He is. Because that will fill your heart with awe and wonder. We need that, don't we? How many of you adults need that? Lord, Moses' prayer. 
Show us your glory. God loves to show his glory in his house. And he bestows favor and honor and withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly in his house. So this is the Lord's plan. This is his will. He wants his house to be a house of singing, a house of safety, a house of sacrifice, a house of strength, a house of supplication, a house of service, a house of supply. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, we have no confidence in ourselves. Father, we have no confidence in a building. All our confidence is in You. Would You please build a strong house here on the firm foundation that is our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you build your house here? Would you build it strong? Will you build it deep? Will you build it in such a way that it endures and brings much blessing to many people. Father, would you please increase the size of your house here. Father, we long for the day when this place is full and spills over into other churches, other houses. New houses in other places where you build and build and build. Father, to you be all the glory, all the praise, all our gratitude, all our amazement. Lord, you are good to us. And it's all, every bit of it is ours. Because your Son purchased it for us on the cross. Jesus, thank you. It's all about you. And now, O oh Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we bless your name for the joys we've experienced here today. And bless your name that we have the anticipation of many such days to come. And until we meet again, may your grace rest upon us. May we experience the love and the mercy of your Son, Jesus. And may your Spirit be poured out upon us to fill us 
so that we might be a holy house, a sacred people who serve you well. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, my. God, the, the little children's songs come into mind. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Amen. To all of us. Uh, you don't want me to sing right now. <laughs> God bless you all. Uh, reminder, uh, Alex is uh, guiding tours through the building. Uh, also a reminder, please keep your kids close to you, okay? And uh, let's not turn this into a track meet in, inside, inside this room here, okay? Uh, keep your kids close to you. God bless you until we meet again. Amen.